In the 2022 film On the Come Up, teenage rapper Brie wants to make it big as an artist, and she has the skills. She has a chance at the big time, but she'll need to balance keeping it real without selling out. If she doesn't make it, there are serious consequences for her and her family. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This is a show for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip hop films from a current day perspective. Together, we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. If you've seen today's movie before, then you'll learn some fascinating trivia you might have missed. If you haven't seen today's movie before, then we'll help you decide whether this film is worth your time. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip hop fan by the end of this episode. In the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get all this and more. We are three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, serial podcaster, student of film, and the low-end theory is here. It's time to wreck shop. I'm JB, 80s and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip-hop fan, and my fantasy football team is named Don't Sweat the Technique as a tribute to Eric B. and Rakim. I'm Boogie, a DJ, longtime hip-hop fan, and I also used to MC and B-boy and to this day, I still dibble-dabble in graffiti, so I tag up some stuff every now and then. <laughs> in this episode, we'll answer the question, will we see a progression from lawless to flawless? On the Come Up is a musical drama in which a young, gifted rapper, Bree, faces multiple obstacles and moral, moral dilemmas on her path to following in her late father's footsteps as a big-time star. So this one is entertaining. I, I thought the young girl is trying to get her, her shot, live up to her father's name, who was his life was shortened tragically. And then she has the, all, all the types of issues that most teens go through, um, friendships, love interests. But again, she has this weighing upon her. And I thought it was, it was done pretty good. Let's go through a couple questions here. I saw it kind of like as an introductory teenage girl version of like an eight mile type thing. Uh, how similar do you think it what well, it was to eight mile itself? Uh, Boogie, what would you say similarities and differences? Yeah, I think some of the classic similarities is that, you know, it's someone who's trying to make a name for themselves. They have the skills they just have to kind of prove themselves to everyone. They have to deal with, you know, things going on at home, things going on, you know, with their friends and social circle. But then there's also the, the classic um, battle sequences that have to take place in order for Brie to prove herself, which is very similar to what B-Rabbit had to deal with in, you know, progressing through the underground circuit to, to, finally end up taking on Papa Doc. So those similarities, you know, you can kind of parallel them. You can see that, uh, yeah, this is definitely a very similar movie. I think it's almost like a homage to 8 Mile. I mean, I don't know if they even intended it for that to happen, but it came across that way. Yeah, Dada Wright, any thoughts upon, thoughts about, you know, similarities to 8 Mile? Yeah, it, it really did echo it a lot. I thought it it rhymed with it a lot. I enjoyed both movies. Uh, it, it touches on the themes that a lot of teens go through, like you said. Uh, teens that are trying to make themselves, make a name for themselves. Uh, not many teens are trying to do that. 
and and have all the pressures you know, on top of all being 16 finding out who you are also trying to get your family to stay in their home and not get evicted right <laughs> not, that's a similarity right not the yeah. typical not the typical situation for a 16 year old right who has to be like the real breadwinner that's right coming from lower economic socioeconomic status in both movies the mother's doing dealing with issues whether it's some form of addiction or abuse uh, in, in the case of Eight Mile, right, and you're, it's the underdog story too, because mm-hmm. in Eight Mile, this white gawky kid living in the trailer park, and here, you know, young teen female doesn't have an easy path uh, to stardom. Right. right. At one point, I thought it was maybe a little bit too similar in that, like, she was left speechless in round one of the rap battle, and she left the ring, and that was like identical to what happened with B Rabbit. Yeah. So I was like, man, too much of a copycat. Did you guys have a similar thought about that? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the only thing that was missing was her, you know, putting her mom's spaghetti on her sweater in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought that maybe that one was a little bit too overdone. It's like, all right, let's show a little bit more originality. But I, I guess yeah. it, it appeased me a little bit because this is your introductory version. Like, I guess your rap battle 101, you know, like if, if you want teenage girls and you don't want them to see the harshness of eight mile in Detroit, you have a more generic setting here. What was it called? Garden city. Uh, I forget what it was. Garden Heights. Garden Heights. Right. And it was kind of more, a little bit more generic, a little bit less crude. Well, quite a bit less crude, but still, she went through a lot. The movie's called Eight Miles, so that it's about Detroit. Detroit's a character in this film, and Garden Heights is somewhat of a character in this film. So, yeah. yeah I saw the Roger Ebert review of this, and it was, it bashed it pretty well. And it was just saying that it was too generic of a place, and you didn't really get to see what it was like living in that, yeah, in that urban setting there. But, Mm. nevertheless i liked it yeah i mean i guess the theme is like oh impoverished i didn't think i needed to be oh this is new york it's based on a young adult book and so uh you don't have to have a lot of that flushed out i don't think right exactly i can see the point but yeah okay this is where the eight mile and and on the come up kind of diverge (laughs) yeah but brie held her own in the ring the rap battles and she just got better and better there were some really great lines that she spewed. I'll ask you guys both. What's the better line? I'm a Star Wars nerd. I ain't talking about a Camry when I say Toyota's taught me. <laughs> or like Andre 3000, you're going to be apologizing to Miss Jackson. Because Jackson was her last name. Coming from a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's two Star Wars nerds. <laughs> Almost lost it when she said that. <laughs> I wrote that down in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> that line. That line was such a good line. I mean, Andre 3000 line was catchy, but that 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 Star Wars nerd, when there's levels to that one. <laughs> yeah, I like that. The Andre 3000 was really obvious. Like, all right, you get it. Yeah, but you kind of have to, if you don't catch that, that Star Wars nerd one, it'll go over your head. Like, what are you yeah. talking about Toyotas and cameras? Like, what? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I, yeah, I like that one because it's 
it combines the Toyota with Toyota and Star Wars. It's like a dad joke all rolled up in. <laughs> right, right, right. I was impressed by the lyrics in, in this one. So Supreme, a character in this movie, Supreme, was the former manager of Bree's late father, Lawless, who was a big, a big rap star. He's played by Method Man. Method Man has quite a storied career after, you know, leaving the Wu-Tang Clan and doing his solo act and everything in, in the music industry. He's done a lot of movies and TV, and I think we've mentioned this in past episodes. Uh, what's your favorite Method Man movie role outside of this one? What do you say, Boogie? <laughs> I'm a goofball. I'm know how high. What's <laughs> <laughs> a goofball. <laughs> he was good at that. I'm such yeah. a goofball. I mean, like he's got some some good television roles too. But I mean, how high is classic? <laughs> him and Red, him and Red, just just over the top hilariousness. We do have an episode about that. Absolutely, check out our episode on how high. <laughs> yeah, Dinah Wright, did you have a favorite movie of Starring Method Man? I think my favorite. Method Man role, and I haven't seen all of his films, but for me, it's Shamik from Belly. He plays the assassin. He's a he's pretty pretty cool. Hey, we got an episode on Belly too. Check that one out. We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> we'll put that in the episode description for you, listeners. Yeah, I'm gonna lean with with Belly as well, and uh, he was in Soul Plane too, which just another episode we just did. So he's been a, he's got quite yes. A filmography out there. Yep. Sticking with Method Man, as we mentioned, one of the original members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Who is your favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan, Boogie? If you have one. Hmm. Have one. That's a complicated response for me right there. Because yeah. I, I would probably say my favorite album, I guess favorite rap album from, from one of them is probably Iron Man by Ghostface. So I'm gonna probably go with one. I would probably say Ghostface is probably there, but also like Raekwon's delivery. But I think one of the most slept-on lyricists is Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck is probably one of the. It's probably nicer than all of them, in my opinion. But that's just me. But Inspector Deck is nice. I don't listen to enough. I don't listen to enough of him. But yeah, I, I'll probably say. Yeah, I'll probably say Deck. <laughs> Rebel Lioness. Got it right. I know you're a Redman fan, right? I am a Redman fan. And I, oh man, it's so tough to decide. <laughs> of of the ones, you know, Old Dirty Bastard was the classic <laughs> jokester, like the, but Method Man has great songs. And for that matter, Raekwon has great songs. You just said it. Was it Ghostface? Uh, Iron Man. Uh, um, Ghostface, yes. <laughs> so Ghostface is great records too. And Rizza. Mm. You know, on top of all that, you know, the mastermind of everything. Yeah, maybe he's my favorite one. <laughs> I don't really know, but the that's really tough. Yeah. And if it's not Method Man, it might be Rizzo because that Bobby Digital album cover is just so cool. cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Yes, it is. It it checks all my boxes. <laughs> so I'll say Rizzo. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go with the classic Method Man. I just, I just like the raspiness of his voice and his delivery. He, for me, he overpowers a lot of the songs and is most memorable. I did like Old Dirty Bastard as well. 
but yeah, I didn't get too much into all the solo careers of the other guys, um, but they're all super talented. Yeah, they put so much out there. I, I haven't gotten to all of it, but right, man, uh, that Iron Man album's good, and yes, and, uh, only built for Cuban Links is just a great album. Yes, yes, those two albums right there, classics. Do you have a favorite Wu Tang song, or I guess you can talk about album as well? But I was thinking more of a, of a song that sticks with you from the Wu Tang Clan. Such a tough question. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I, I have a top three. Obviously, Protect Your Neck, just because that was the introduction to them. Um, but I also like the the, the mystery the chess boxing. Mm-hmm. I love that beat, and I love how they that I love that track and how they rhyme over that track. But Triumph, Triumph is probably, but might be my favorite. Might be, yeah. I like trying. I like those three. Those three. I, I I go back and forth. I can make an argument for either one of those. But I see, um, yeah, protect your neck, use your chest box, and triumph. Interchangeable. <laughs> Donna, right? Do you have a do you have one favorite? I mean, it's tough. Like like Boogie said, but the one I keep coming back to is "Cash Rules Everything Around Me." Mm. That the piano riff, the lyric. I mean, protect your neck is also great too, and triumph is great and. The mystery chess boxing is great. All that stuff is—it's you can't really go wrong. But when I want to put on a, a Wu Tang song, it's, it's usually cream for me. It's cream for me too. And shimmy shimmy ya. <laughs> <laughs> that was played nonstop when we were in college, right? Woo. Now is that considered Wu Tang or is that an old Dirty Bastard solo? The old Dirty Bastard. That was yeah. an old Dirty Bastard solo. solo record. Record. Yeah, but that that that's amazing for me. I love that one. Yeah. So I think like the I think those two with uh, protect your neck, the mystery chess box, and triumph. I think what I think what I like about the most about those is that it gives every, all of them are all on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I like them so much, because you get a chance to hear like all of them, mm-hmm. you know, popping little tidbits here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Cream was a great album. I love Cream. Oof. Is the visuals that it you get good visuals from that one. So heading, going back to the movie here on the come up, what I like is you have Method Man, who we grew up with and we love so much with Wu Tang Clan, and then you have the younger generation represented with Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty had a, a nice role as a character named Infamous Mills, who originally kind of takes Bree under his wing and helps lead her to a success and he kind of turns heel a little bit working for Supreme and battling against her and trying to, you know, embarrass her a little bit in the ring. Um, so it kind of comes, comes to that climax towards the end. Uh, how do you guys think Lil Yachty did in that role? And, and two part question, who else could have played that role? What do you think, Boogie? I think he did well. I think he did well. I mean, Pretty convincing. Honestly, it took me a second to realize that that was him. I was like, who's this guy? I was like, okay, all right. And then it clicked that that's who it was. And I was like, wow, he, he actually, he was actually not bad. He, he was good. I mean, I would like to, see, I mean, if that's how he was in that movie, I'd actually like to see more of him in other roles, like, you know, just kind of stepping into it and, and, and starting to grow. 
So, I mean, if, if Yachty, if you out there, you get get wind of this. Do some more acting, brother. You, you got a little something in. We'd like to see more of it. Um, as far as who else I think could play that role, I think any of those little 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 guys could play. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> It's a whole lot of them. Little, little one of them. <laughs> Insert one of the Lils and one of the Youngs. <laughs> yeah, one of the Lils, one of the Youngs, right? <laughs> Anyone from the newer, no newer generation. Any of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they're the faces of this generation. And so I think any one of them, um, if given an opportunity, could step into that role and deliver. I agree. And I think it, it worked really well because little Yachty is also fairly close to comparatively to Bree's age in this film. And so like I was thinking like, oh, what other rappers or like actors that could do this? And um like I was thinking of like Ludacris, but he's been in the game for a long time. And so it doesn't have the same effect as right. someone who had just left Garden Heights like um infamous infamous Mills did. And so uh, yeah, it has to be one of the newer rappers. <laughs> you know, who who's who else is on the come up who could do this role? It's hard for me to say. <laughs> yeah, Nick. I mean, Kendrick Lamar could do that. Play a little bit of a heel. He he's versatile. Um, maybe Tyler, the creator. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of my son's yeah. favorites. Some of those guys could do it probably. But I agree. Lil Yachty did a nice job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in the movie, he came out of this. Uh, I forget the name of the place. The ring or. or it was the name of this small club where Supreme had discovered him. So he got the big contract and, and that, oh, yeah. that's who Bree had looked up to. So yeah, it, it was well, it was well done. Along the way to Bree has some friends at school, you know, miles, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Sonny. Sonny is one of her good friends at school who just happens to be gay. And we've seen a lot of misogyny and homophobia and, Many of the movies we watched, which comes with the bravado and you know the history of some of this, which is unfortunate. But you know, as, as we progress as a society, I thought it was kind of refreshing to see the gay representation because um, Sonny ends up you know taking favor with Miles, who is Supreme's son. So that was an interesting dynamic there. So I want to ask you: Was this the first instance of that in a hip hop theme movie that you can recall? where there was gay representation, for lack of a better term. I know when we mentioned 8 Mile, there was that one character that was gay, but it wasn't like any. It was just a minor detail, so to speak. Right. right. It wasn't germane to the story. That worked at the uh, factory. But right. I couldn't think of any other that we have watched. No, I, I don't... Or maybe even in the annals of these types of movies. I, I don't know. I mean, we haven't watched all of them, but... I. That's why it really caught my eye. I was like, wow, that was pretty progressive. And I know it was adapted from the book. This movie is based on the book, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. So I assume that that is in there too. I did not read the book, but yeah, I thought that was definitely refreshing to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't recall seeing, seeing that on, 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 on the screen in any other movie. I definitely agree. Yeah, it's definitely refreshing. I mean, why not? Right. You know? And it's a reflection of real-life society in 2022 when this movie came out where a certain percentage of people in high school are gay or LGBTQ+. So it's like, well, have the representation there. 
So yeah, I didn't, I couldn't think of any other. So I was like, oh, I can't think of any either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I had to take a movie from last year. I know, finally, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so many of these episodes, you'll see, you know, it's a little bit cringeworthy when he says this derogatory term toward, you know, for gays or this and that. You know, in this case, there was representation, which is nice. A little bit of did, did you know or, or trivia type thing. As I just mentioned, the, it's based on the book, The Hate You Give. Did you guys pick up the pizzeria where Trey works, uh, which was Bree's brother, was called Sal's. And that was, I thought, was a neat little maybe callback to do the right thing. Yes. He had that uniform. Yeah. yeah. That was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the rap battles are kind of re- really reminiscent of uh, Eight Miles, we said. Um, Aunt Pooh was played by Divine Joy Randolph. We've seen her in a lot of different things as well. Mm-hmm. And Mike Epps is in this movie as well. We see Mike Epps in a ton of our movies. He was a hype man. He's a, yeah, he's, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm scanning for the cast for anybody else that stands out. We've gotten all this way. We hadn't talked about Sanaa Lathan yet. Of course, <laughs> Boogie. <laughs> Please address the situation. <laughs> <laughs> How have you hold yourself back from mentioning Miss Sanaa Lathan? That's right. Well, <laughs> as the honorary president of the Sanaa Lathan fan club, it pleases me to announce the fact that Sanaa Lathan also appeared in this movie starring as the mother of uh, Brie, uh, Jada, who had her own struggles and demons that she had to live with um, throughout the film. And even in the beginning, you see that she had to give, she gave the, the Jada, gave the kids up for not adoption, but she gave some of the, the grandparents because she was basically on, she became an addict. And it looks like she became an addict due to trying to cope with the, the loss of, of her, of Lawless. So yeah, her she husband. had her struggles throughout the film, but we definitely see her turn herself around and become somewhat of a, mother that she should be. But yeah, it's always good to see Sinalathan on film. I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah, this was her directorial debut, so she directed this film. Yes. Yeah, so that was nice. It got some acclaim. I don't know how well it did in terms of profitability, but it did get some acclaim. It was up for some minor awards, I thought. Yeah. There's some other elements of... of in the movie that you know, dealt with some societal issues with the, the school cops and security confiscating Bree's backpack and the one guard threw her on the ground. So there was some police brutality there. Um, mm-hmm. There was the moral dilemma with, you know, her aunt Pooh who had been very supportive of her, but she wanted to go ahead, you know, and follow up with Supreme and, and try to get signed. So there was that conflict as well. So there's a lot of these elements that, you know, made it a powerful movie. Yeah. And the fact her friend uh, Malik was her love interest, great kid, you know, and he thought she was selling out because she was talking about violence and it wasn't really who she was. She's a Star Wars nerd, you know, and she she was trying to come off like, like she's a gangster. But then with that, 
comes some of that negativity and you see some of the, the gangs that roll up upon them, et cetera. So that's a conflict as yeah. well. Trying to stay true to yourself, but also have that street cred. Right. Yep. And the social media aspect, there's a lot of, you know, things going viral on social media. She's a hero, but then, you know, there's embarrassment. So there's like almost like a cyber bullying type aspect of it. So it touched upon a lot of those topics, which, which was good to see. And it got yeah. me at, at the end. Like I was, I was emotional at the end when she, she ends up, you know, winning the battle because she's gone through so much. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. Speaking of the battles, speaking of the rap battles, Rhapsody, uh, amazing lyricist, wrote the lyrics to the rap battles. Shout out to Rhapsody. I mean, wow. Wow. (laughs) Women do it. There's also a song on the come up, the theme song. She appears on that song alongside Jamila Gray and Lady London, who also had a brief cameo as Mystique, one of the people that Brie had to battle on her way to the top in the movie. But yeah. And oh, speaking of rap battles, Little Yachty actually wrote and performed, he wrote and performed his song. So that was, you know, so Little, Little Yachty wrote this writing as well. You know, and uh, speaking of Star Wars nerds, Lucasfilm gets a thank you in the credits. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> So no, Bree did have like a poster in her room, which was focused for a little bit as well. So I think they yeah. Yeah. shouted out Lucasfilms for that. Yep. And mentioning Yoda as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I liked her room decor was neat to see because she had Star Wars poster. She had a public enemy poster. A, lo- yeah. a lot of those Funko Pop figures that I know my kids have and uh Cardi B poster to bring it more up to date. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of neat. And you can see this. She's relatable, is what I would say. Yeah. 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 Sure. So, yeah, the original lyrics were great. Now, we've been asking this a lot lately. Could this movie be made into a series, like a Netflix series or some other streaming service, have a series about Brie and or family or anything? Yeah. I think I think it's easily series ready. <laughs> I mean, all, I mean, we just get be a matter of taking a you know, some deep dives into, you know, what's been going on and just kind of expand upon it, stretch it out a little bit. But I think it could easily be made into a series. I agree. The idea of watching or following a career of, you know, a young rapper and all the things that, you know, these universal themes of, you know, identity and finding yourself and making your name and making your way, that would all fit into a nice uh, Netflix series, I think. Some kind of streaming series. You could even do a prequel, like if you started when Lawless was still alive and what was the beef that he had that led to his assassination. Right. And, you know, do those characters show up anywhere else? Or Yeah. You can maybe see how Jada will spiral a little bit into uh, an addiction. And then right. And then you could also see this aspect of what Bree goes through and then beyond how some of these relationships develop. So, yeah, I think it, a couple seasons would be good, yeah. All right, I think we're at the time to wrap it up in terms of doing our rating here, whether it's worth watching or not. So what we always say, 
Boogie, bring that funky flick back. Bring that, bring funky, that funky flick, flick back, back. Or leave it in the vault. Bring that funky flick back. Definitely. All right. Down or right? Bring that funky flick back. I'm with you guys. I would say bring that funky flick back. Yeah, I enjoy this. I mean, the one little thing that I, that I, my one little gripe is that I wish they were freestyling over some beats. But other than that, yeah, other than <laughs> the that, acapella I mean, battles were kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a DJ, so I'm all about beats. <laughs> the very, but other the, than the that, the very first one I was taken a little bit aback because it was like a spoken word or like slam poetry, and I'm like, wait, yeah. But then it got to more, more yeah, kind, kind of get into it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was good though. It was good. Yeah, it was entertaining. I would good. recommend Jamilisi, it. great, excellent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, worth seeing. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs. JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review You People. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't hate, actuate. Actuate. Yes. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia, double underscore time. That's brain freeze trivia time on Instagram. <laughs>